0: Flinging the green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntexSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
1: And then, you know, um, to go to class and and to really uh, do well with class, and you know, we've got a fair amount of grad transfers, guys that have already graduated and uh, are here, and um, you know, choosing not to get a master's in that, but. It's way important for us and for them that they do well with school.
0: The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium, on the web at thebaylorclub.com, by Kaleo Wealth Management, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers, 4541 West Waco Drive where Waco gets engaged.
1: You know, I think if there's any part of you that's not fully aligned, that's not right, that's not in a good place, and you try to hide from that part, I think that affects the other parts of you. You know, I think that brings down the plane. I think that brings down the team. Um, I think if you're not right internally, it gets exposed, and so the school part is a way important thing. You know, I'm gonna be checking classes, all of our coaches will be, and so to, to do all the things and to do them in a way that uh, you know is the
0: right way to do them is way important, and so we're on to that. I'm excited for that. Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hi, and welcome on a
2: Monday. We're glad you're with us. Coach Dave Aranda in the open. Baylor finished their second uh, scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday. Day off practice today as it is the uh, first day of classes on the Baylor campus. And here, that is very important. Student student-athlete, uh, student comes first in that. So uh, day off practice, get acclimated in class, back on the practice field tomorrow, 12 days before kickoff for Coach Aranda and the Bears, September 2nd against Texas State at McLean Stadium. Welcome in. Glad you're with us on a Monday. Alongside Aaron Sexton, Jerry Hill will join us later in the hour. Jerry, uh, Baylor Insider, he'll have uh, plenty of good information. Uh, soccer has their season off to a start. They're one and one so far. Uh, one out uh, over Oregon, uh, four to nothing. Then dropped a the two one decision yesterday in Lincoln to Nebraska. Volleyball's played a couple of exhibition matches. They'll begin their season this week. Later this week. And uh, as we said, football uh, gearing up for their September 2nd opener. Aaron, uh, great to be with you. How was your weekend? Uh, did you notice it was 110 degrees officially yesterday in Waco?
3: I did. Yeah. I still walked, but it was it was a little warm.
2: <laughs> man, oh, man. You know, sometimes I look at my car and or the temperature of my car, and sometimes it's right. You know, it's usually close, but it's not always right. But it said 109 yesterday, and I thought, I oh, it can't be that hot. <laughs> and sure enough, it was 110 yesterday. Uh, I heard today at noon, uh, only the seventh time in history that Waco has recorded a temperature 100 de- 110 degrees or warmer. One, uh, one of only seven. Think about that.
3: That's, uh, that's a pretty amazing statistic. <laughs>
2: it's brutal is what it is. <laughs> it is just brutal. Absolutely. So uh, warm again today, another string uh, string of 100-degree days continues in Waco. That is just uh, stating the obvious. Uh, we had a fun day Saturday at our house. My daughter Maddie, her birthday was Saturday, the 19th, and uh, her 30th birthday. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. But we had the family over Saturday morning. That was a lot of fun. And uh, then uh, Maddie and Art and their friends had a party at our house on Saturday evening. So, it was, uh, Aaron, it was a full four- day of partying for Maddie at our house all day on Saturday
3: I bet that was a great day <laughs> it was great
2: it really was yeah it was really fun it was fun to have them over there and uh, I mean our family in the morning and then everybody over there on Saturday evening so really really good and uh, I think she felt celebrated by the end of the night she felt celebrated pretty well uh, okay. Um, what else is going on? We mentioned uh, soccer uh, lost two to one on the road at Nebraska yesterday. So they're one and one. They'll play uh, on the road again this week, and they'll be home on the uh, uh, what's the date? The thirty-first, I think, is their home opener for Baylor. Uh, Baylor soccer. So uh, we'll talk more about that with Jerry Hill coming up. Um, Uh, what else? Visiting with Jay Jeffrey uh, yesterday, former Baylor quarterback. Jay is part of our life group at church and – Uh, you know, played quarterback at Baylor and played really, really well at quarterback and just uh, getting his thoughts on the upcoming season. And he's encouraged, you know, uh, talking to these people who have uh, maybe seen a little bit of practice or just kept up, he's really encouraged about, uh, you know, what could be ahead for the Bears this year. It kind of goes back to one of the things Jay said was, the years that Baylor is not picked uh, as highly in the preseason, sometimes those turn out to be the better years. Uh, and there's probably a lot of truth to that, you know. If you're picked higher, the expectations obviously are higher, and sometimes it's hard to meet or exceed those expectations. If you're picked a little bit lower, not that anybody's going to overlook you, but, um, you know, the the preseason – thoughts just aren't that high uh in your team's favor and makes it easier to over uh uh, overachieve and and do better Aaron there's probably something to that that some of Baylor's best seasons really have been years when they were picked middle of the pack or lower
3: yeah I can think of one pretty recently
2: yeah (laughs) like two years ago yeah and I can think
3: of one recently where they were picked very high and you know, didn't meet expectations. That's right, exactly. Maybe right. something to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, you see, it kind of puts a target on your back. Uh, Baylor was picked last year to win the league and didn't do it. Uh, Texas picked to win the league this year, and uh, you know, it just puts a big target on you when you're uh, when you're picked to win the win the conference in preseason.
3: Well, and we definitely saw that last year. I mean, it. it Changed the way Baylor was perceived when they won the, the Big 12 title and then won the Sugar Bowl. And not that people played down to before to Baylor, right, but obviously right. coming off the championship the year before, there was a lot of teams that had that game circled on the calendar.
2: Right, for sure. All right. uh, Again, we'll touch uh, base with Jerry Hill about all of those things coming up in just a bit. Uh, Rangers uh, had a rough weekend against Milwaukee in uh, Arlington. But I don't know if you watched much of it, Aaron, but uh, every time I turned it on, uh, it it looked like uh, that place was packed. I mean, it looked like Globe Life Field was packed all weekend. And I was thinking, you know, what would that crowd be like if they were playing outdoors <laughs> like yesterday? They played yesterday afternoon, and it looked like, I don't know what the official crowd attendance was, but it looked packed. You know, what would that have been if it was, you know, 110 degrees and you were sitting outside in Arlington?
3: Yeah, it's been really, really uh, – yeah, <laughs> as hot as it's been, nobody. But I, very few people would be going to the games – Right. As hot as it's been. So um I I think you're maybe looking at less than half of what was there this weekend.
2: Yeah. I, I think you might be right. I mean, especially for a day game like on a Sunday afternoon, um, you just you just couldn't uh you really couldn't go sit outside in that. So only the most diehard fans would go, and they'd probably be looking for shade. So definitely has helped the, uh, the crowds and the fans there, and uh, Rangers uh, need to get back on track. Uh, they'll uh, try to do that uh, coming out of that series against the Brewers. Um, the way things stand going into uh, this week, uh, the Rangers are – Still on top, but only a two-and-a-half game lead over the Astros. Astros kind of had a rocky weekend themselves, three up on Seattle in the division. So uh, they still have the lead in the division and, uh, you know, are still uh, still the team to beat, really. As of right now, the Rangers are still the team to beat in the American League West. All right, we're off and running on this Monday. We appreciate you being with us alongside Aaron Sexton in the Allen Samuel Studios Thanks to Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business, on the web at alansamuelsdcj.com. But, uh, with us, it is a Monday, John Morris Show, brought to you in part by Alliance Bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas. It's your bank. Two locations in Waco, one in Temple, one in Georgetown. If you go by Alliance Bank there on Highway 84 today, you could uh, go and just stick your head in the office of Ricky Thompson, uh, or maybe ask to see him. That might be better, and uh, ask Ricky his thoughts on the Baylor scrimmage from Saturday, because Ricky and his family are back in town, and Ricky was out there on Saturday. Saturday, so uh, you could get some uh, inside poop from Ricky Thompson uh, on the Baylor scrimmage from Saturday. Thanks to Alliance Bank, Alliance Bank, Central Texas. All right, uh, next segment, Jerry Hill will join us. We look forward to that. Plenty of things we can talk uh, to Jerry about, uh, all the fall sports. Uh, some other things he's working on that uh, I think are pretty newsworthy. So I think, I think Jerry is double-checking, aren't you? to make sure we can talk about those newsworthy items we don't <laughs> want to we don't want to jump the gun aaron you know you know jerry is the insider the baylor insider so as such he's got inside information that well sometimes it has to stay inside a little bit longer so you know we'll 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 see we'll uh have it clarified by uh next segment um to just see how far we can go talking about those new subjects. All right, uh, really good uh, really good weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Football actually begins this week. Aaron, there's some Week 0 games this week. Notre Dame is playing who? Navy? Yes. Is that right, in Dublin? Mm-hmm. And is that – would that be Friday or Saturday? I'm sorry, I don't know that. That's schedule. a Saturday game. Okay. So, and are there a bunch of games or just a handful? How many games, college football games, are there this weekend?
3: Uh, there's about seven or eight Friday night and about 10 Saturday. Okay. Okay. So a good amount. No, there's no really right. great matchups. But right, right. There's football, so. That's a good start, I guess.
2: That's it. Well, and and Notre Dame and Navy, they're playing in Dublin, Ireland, which is a pretty cool trip to start the season. Uh, we were talking the other day, you know, Baylor was real close to playing, I think it was Cal, in Australia to open the season a few years ago. And it was pretty far down the road, had a, a TV network that was going to televise it. And there was some issue with the start of classes and missing Basically, a week of classes right at the start of the semester that I think sort of uh, uh, scuttled the whole thing. But uh, that, that would have been a pretty fun fun trip to uh, open the season, playing a game in Australia. You'd have to have a week off the next Saturday to make up for it or to, I, I guess, you know, get back, uh, get back on uh, the right kind of schedule. But uh, it did not happen. So maybe one of these years, Baylor will be involved in one of those trips.
3: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to start the season down under. I know, I I I know. I would like to make that trip with
2: them. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) So we'll see if that happens. Uh, It will happen for Notre Dame and Navy playing in Dublin, Ireland, coming up this Saturday to open the season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Baylor insider Jerry Hill from the athletic department, actually from right around on the other hallway. We'll visit with Jerry uh, about all things uh, fall sports for the Bears and do that when we come back. John Morris Show brought to you in part by DML. D'Amore, fine jewelers. D'Amore at 4541
0: West Waco Drive.
2: Where Waco gets engaged.
0: You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now with his boogie shoes on and ready to talk Baylor Athletics, here's Jerry Hill with John Morris. Uh-huh. My,
2: my, 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 my yeah. <laughs> oh, you should see Jerry Hill oh, boogieing in the end right here. Boogie, but boogie. Look at those moves. It's early season, but you're in mid-season Mid-season dancing form. Well,
4: you know, I got the repaired knee. Got rid of the crutches. Yeah, got rid of the crutches, so I'm ready to go. Yep, yep, yep. So So, uh, thank you to Dr. David Haynes for the uh, nice surgery. Shout out, Dr. Haynes. Shout out. um, And uh, so, yeah, ready to go,
2: man. You you really are uh, finished with the crutches.
4: Yeah, uh, off crutches, um, still doing rehab uh, twice a week, I think maybe through mid-September, so. But I'm – like you said, I'm in I'm in good dancing form.
2: <laughs> you got to tell her by the story about uh, young Zach. Yes. New with the Waco Tribune Herald.
4: Yes. Zach uh, just started as the uh, Baylor football beat writer at the Tribune Herald. And we're at uh, Friday interviews, and he said – he came over to me. He's like, hey, um <laughs> – what's the deal with this intro on the John Morris show? <laughs> so I had to explain to him the victory dance, and actually uh, Michael Haig actually kind of helped with that explanation as well. Did he? So, nice. Yes, Michael, Michael knows, the, uh, knows the story behind all that. The so. history of the yes. victory dance. Victory dance. That's true. Well, yeah. I hope there's
2: a bunch this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, how was your weekend? Kind of running out of weekends before football now
4: yeah it was funny john um you know i asked you if you were going to that scrimmage and i don't think you were planning on it because your daughter's birthday and i just i just decided this is one of the last chances so i saturday and sunday i did zero work there you go. like it okay. was is was incredible um so yeah it was good and good to get a little rest and and all that and ready to go for these uh last two weeks before the opener
2: all right very good football uh what you've seen and the recent interviews we did get to visit with coach aranda on friday after a morning practice on friday um you know it it just seems like they're just they just got their head down they're doing their work and getting done what they need to get done
4: yeah i think it's been kind of that way throughout most of the camp i mean they're they're very much kind of in their own world and doing their thing. And, uh, you know, it, it changes obviously a little bit this week with school starting and everything. But, uh, yeah, for those first two and a half weeks, it was it was football. You know, I mean, that was, uh, you know, I, I think one of the players talked about it. It's like, uh, you know, they were up there from early in the morning here, early in the morning till late at night. So a little bit off their plate in terms of that. But, you know, it's kind of replaced by school. Um, so priorities a little different now, but, uh, you know, they'll still get plenty of football in, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: definitely. And classes, uh, first day of classes on the Baylor campus today, today. so yep. getting that going uh, a- as they should. Yep. How about uh, how about soccer? Got right. the uh, school year off to uh, a good start, one over Oregon yep. 4-0. And... No,
4: that was 2-0. Uh... 4-0 was in the exhibition game.
2: Oh, okay, that was 4-0. <laughs> 2-0, 2-0 over Oregon. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And then dropped a you'll correct me if I'm wrong, 2-1 two one decision to Nebraska yesterday, but a one and one start on that right. long road trip.
4: Yeah, I mean considering like you said, that's a that's a road trip, uh, two power five teams. Uh, you know, Oregon I think was one you kind of went in thinking you'd have a good chance. I think they only won like four games last year. Um, so but it was good. It was good to get a win like that. A couple of newcomers scored goals. Uh, there um, And then uh, Callie Conrad, the freshman, um, scored uh, against Nebraska on Sunday. So, again, we're right there with uh, Nebraska, held them scoreless the second half, uh, but, uh, you know, just didn't have enough. But uh, I, I think the, the good sign was, particularly in that first game, I mean, they, they had 22 shots. I think maybe 12 on goal or something like that. So they're they're getting their shots. They didn't have as many uh, against Nebraska, but uh, you know I think that's a good sign. And and like I said, they they really struggled scoring last year. So I mean, if you if you include the exhibitions, I believe that's 10 goals um, wow. in the four games. Whoa. So So um, considering they scored like 15 or 16 All last right. year All to last score, season. yeah, to score 10 goals including the exhibition. So I think I think they're showing that they've got a little bit more of an attack than they had last year. McKenzie Short is in goal for them. And like I said, shut out Nebraska in the second half. Shut out Oregon for the whole game. I was thinking they were going to split the goalkeeping duties, but uh, McKenzie took it for both. Uh, she's an OU transfer.
2: Very good. So, uh, one and one, they stay on the road. They'll yep. finally play at home, I think, on the 31st. I believe that's right. Is yeah. their first uh, home match yep. of the year. Uh, and volleyball, a couple of exhibitions yep. uh, since the last time we talked, the Green yep. and Gold exhibition, then against A&M over the weekend. Yep. And you've got the stat sheet in front of you there. What, right uh, here. <laughs> how did that one play out?
4: Um, good. Uh, really I don't know that they dominated the first two sets, but they kind of won the first two sets fairly easily, uh, 25, 22, 25, 16. But A&M really kind of switched the gears and and won the third set, 25, 13, and Baylor won the fourth, uh, kept it from going five sets, uh, winning 27, 25 in the fourth. Uh, And really kind of in both, John, the the one that's really kind of stood out um, has been Kendall Stowers, um, the freshman. Uh, as as Madeline Allen said, uh, kind of put up Yossi numbers in Whoa. this A&M. <laughs> and Yossi was there to watch it too, your... so that's kind of cool. But, yeah, she had 24 kills, hit 300, um, also had nine digs and two service aces. So wow. Really big game for her. Um, yeah, just uh, all-around all great game for her. Uh, I think Avery had 51 uh, assists. Manuela Bin, Bibinbe, uh-huh. that's easy for me to say, um, <laughs> nine kills and four blocks. Um, she's a JUCO transfer, uh, first-team All-American last year. So she's really kind of stepped into that role. And Ali Cech had some good numbers in that game as well and, and had a really good gold green and gold scrimmage. So, yeah, I think they're off to a good start. And, uh, boy, this will be a tough Opening week, you know, playing Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, at Minnesota in the Big Ten, Big Twelve Challenge. But, uh, you know, I think it, it'll it be a good measuring stick for them, though, to see, hey, where are we? You know, because I think Coach McGuire likes to see that, you know, where where is this team? And, and certainly if you can come away with a win out of those two, that's huge. Those yeah. are both, you know, top eight, I think, um, teams. So yeah it'd be good great to get a get a win there but you know if you can just be competitive and kind of see where you are i think that'll be good coming out of that opening week
2: that's in minnesota in later minnesota. this week friday and saturday and that big 10 big 12 Challenge yeah. finally comes to Waco next year. Okay. So there have been four schools. Oh, wow. Uh, the other three will have now hosted, and Baylor finally gets to host, which would be pretty cool to have here in Waco to start the season oh, that is next cool. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: because yeah. it was at Fort Worth.
2: Yeah. It's been in Fort Worth. Yeah, it's it's been, been in Madison. S- yep. Yep. So in Minneapolis this week.
4: Finally makes it to Waco. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be good. it will be fun. Yeah.
2: And they play volleyball plays at home Friday week against uh, against Rice. Okay. Yeah. the oh, uh, Shelby. Shelby Living. Yeah, the Shelby Livingstone Bowl (laughs) on September 1st. (laughs) So, uh, okay, so that's volleyball. And uh, the news that we were checking on to make sure we could talk about this, you've you've been cleared. I have been cleared. Right, to talk about this. This is pretty cool news. Yeah,
4: no, this is good. Uh, We already knew Baylor had been selected to host the NCAA tennis team championships in, in May of uh, 2025, mm-hmm. so a year, you know, another academic year away, um, but uh, just recently, or I guess goes out today, that the, the Baylor-Waco will also host the, this will be the first time they've ever done this, where they pull out the single and doubles championships and have them in the fall instead Hmm. of following the team championships in the spring. So we will host the first, I think Colin describes it as the pilot um, for the NCAA singles and doubles championships in probably October, November of 24. So still, you know, a year away, but so twice in that academic year, you know, the top players in the country will be right here, collegiate players in the country. So that'll be cool. Um, You know, I, I consider this kind of a tennis town, um, you know, having followed it, you know, most of my time in Waco, I, I, do think this is definitely a tennis town. I think they'll get behind this, uh, and that'll be really cool, John, to be able to host both of those. Those are big events and, you know, obviously Baylor, you know, doing what it did with facilities is why those are here. You know, we hosted, uh, the team championships, I guess, back in 15. Right. Um, Which you was know, really not, fun. Oh, I know. It was yeah. great having it here and at that point, as it will be even through this year, Everything, you know, was was in that same both in the spring, you know, so uh, I think this will be interesting and kind of interesting to see how it goes, because, you know, you're you're used to having, you know, the team championship followed by the singles and doubles. I think, though, what it does is, uh, you know, your your focus is so much on team, you know, that that's. You know, and and after that, now you still gotta you got to go back out there and play as individuals. So I think separating it that way and putting it in the fall, I think it, it does make sense because the fall is really more individual. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of you know individual tournaments and stuff like that. So the focus in the fall is individual. The focus in the spring is is team. So it just kind of makes sense to have the uh, singles and doubles. Uh, championships in the in the fall, so yeah. yeah, Baylor getting to host both of those. That's really cool. Yeah. So, that'll be fine. We don't have any dates yet, though, no, right? No. Uh, I, and I know the like I said, I know the the team championships will be like late May, right? May fifteenth, right. May twentieth, somewhere right, in that area. Right. I don't know on the on the singles and doubles, but my guess would be because you would probably want to have it a little bit toward the end of the fall. So I would say maybe you know late October, early November. And obviously, you know, with Baylor having the indoor, you you yeah. have that you well, know, It'll be ability. Un- it'll be under 100 by then, so <laughs> <You laughs> it'll be great. Yeah. I'm calling <laughs> well, we hope. I'm calling it right <laughs> now. <hope>. My goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun though. i um, just hosting both of those and, and uh we'll keep uh Colin Pertle hopping yes. a little bit. And I think <laughs> he's got the uh Big Twelve Track and Field Championships coming up in this spring. Oh my so gosh! <laughs> he's going to have a pretty busy year and a half stretch there.
2: That's great. Yeah, Colin with Athletic Communications, yeah. and he can handle that. Absolutely, a couple he's of young. His sports there. He's young. He can oh, handle yeah. all that. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's right. Well, that's cool. That's big news, and that's yeah. just out today about that, which is a significant change uh, by the NCAA yeah. to separate yeah. those.
4: Absolutely, and and you know I I think. Like we talked about earlier, I, I just think that's such a grind when you have, you know, basically I guess six rounds mm-hmm. of team mm-hmm. competition and then you know, you know, even have, you know, week to week and a half of, of team competition at the final site. So now to separate that where it's not another, you know, week to week and a half for the singles and doubles championships, I think that's huge. And I think maybe you'll get more of a true champion. Um, you know, Baylor has won some of those. Yeah. Um, uh see Benedict Dorsch won the first one in 004 and then uh, Baylor actually swept them in 005 when Zuzana Zemanova won as a freshman and Benjamin Becker um, won uh, that year as well. So um, yeah Baylor's won three of those championships have not won a doubles championship, but I think they've been to the semifinals a couple times so um, have had some success but um, like I said, I think you'll have maybe more of a true champion in this format. Right, right. Yeah. Well, very good.
2: Uh, what else? A little media
4: mixer coming up Got a tonight? a media mixer tonight, so that'll be fun. We mix had the one – yeah, mix it up a little bit. We'll ha- we had the one with the football coaches a uh, few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that was fun. Um, and this will be all of the head coaches or the other head coaches for the different sports. That'll be fun having all of them there and, and a lot of the media there as well. So that'll be a fun time. And I don't know if you've seen the bracket. Do we want to talk about this? I, I don't know. Okay. Um, d- is that supposed to be a surprise to I don't media? know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's, don't, let's don't. We won't say what it uh, what the competition is. Let's say there will be some sporting
2: activity uh, sporting tonight activities. involving the media.
4: And um, I don't know if this is giving too much away, but uh, <laughs> two, uh, two media members from in-house will be facing off each other in a play-in. <laughs> I saw that that's on the how, bracket. That's a <laughs> play. In, that's uh, that's how much respect they have for you and I. <laughs> yeah, that that we're, we actually have to the, play our way into first a, four. to the tournament. <laughs> yeah, we're first four, so we're the first
2: two. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I might have a chance to just kind of be the the, the MC, host or the MC. host. Yeah. yeah. Which, well, would,
4: which would give you concede. So then, then I'll just kind well, of advance I'm, in the tournament. I'm not so. conceding anything. We'll, we'll talk about it in our mean, meeting. We'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, cross country starting next Friday, okay. so that was the other fall sport. Uh, and uh, don't know a whole lot about that team yet because we haven't like had any media or anything. Uh, but again, young Colin told me that uh, four of the leaders coming back are Riley Hodge and Drew Snyder on the men's side, Jordan Lettington and Hayden Gold and Gold on the women's side. So uh, some new faces, a lot of new new people there, but. Uh, you know a few of the new, a uh, few of the vets coming back. So yeah. they start next Friday at at Incarnate Words Meet in San Antonio. So very That's cool. when they'll kick it off.
2: All right, very good. Thanks for the
4: information. Absolutely. Appreciate it. That was fun. You want to say hi to Bobby Baker? Bob Baker, <laughs> love to see you. It'll be great uh, seeing you next. What was that? Next Saturday? Yeah, Saturday week. Maybe I'll plus? see you coaches next show? Wednesday at the yeah, coaches' show. Coaches' show. Yeah. There's some more news. Bobby there. Baker, man. I miss him. Getting it going again. Yeah, the it, the whole band get, back together. Getting it going. Yeah.
2: All right, Jerry Hill with us, Baylor insider. We appreciate him. And let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. John Morris Show brought to you in part by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium. It's a Monday. It's quiet at the Baylor Club on a Monday. They are, believe it or not, uh, closed on Mondays. But it's usually to get uh, refreshed from the weekend and get ready for a new week. So uh, nothing today but back at it tomorrow morning. Check it out. Check out their schedule on the web, thebaylorclub.com, thebaylorclub.com. Or you can always give them a call, 254-710-8080. Chanel will most likely answer the phone. Uh, They have others that do that, but it seems like Chanel's there every time I'm there. But whoever answers the phone, they can direct you to the correct person if you want to talk to someone about membership, about uh, booking a a, a location for a private event coming up, or just making a reservation for a meal, an upcoming meal. Bob and Jerry might go to lunch together at the Baylor Club. Check it all out on the web, thebaylorclub.com, or give them a call at 254-710-8080. Back with this final segment, John Morris Show on a Monday, brought to you in part by the Pioneer Boys, Pioneer Steel and Pipe, 2003 South Loop 340 and Highway 6, that great new location. Also a location in Bryan, uh, larger Yes, able to serve you better. Yes, still that same great experience that you've come to expect and know from Pioneer Steel and Pipe going back to 1943. So great new location, more uh, a huge showroom, so much more space in there and the expertise that you've come to expect. Check it out, Pioneer Steel and Pipe on the web at pioneerboys.com. So Aaron uh, mentioned over the weekend uh, it was my daughter's birthday. It was on Saturday. We had a great time uh celebrating her birthday and there's always, you know, when it comes to family birthdays, a little reminiscing like what did she ask? I think she asked my wife or she asked both of us what time of day was I born? <laughs> and i kind of i don't think i said anything but terry piped up and said uh 114 you're born at 114 in the afternoon <laughs> and i was thinking i have no idea what time of day <laughs> she was born you know i i do the only one of our three kids i remember was mj he well no actually no i do kind of remember but i have to think about it. it doesn't immediately come to mind uh, our oldest daughter, Megan, was born, like, early afternoon because Terry was teaching at Spring Valley Elementary at that point. And uh, she was born, and, and there was time to get word to the school, you know, because here's Mrs. Morris. You know, she'd been pregnant with a baby, and on um, the last day of school, on May 31st, the last day of school, right before they let out, Uh, we got the word back to the school that that Megan had been born. So I kind of remember that one. And then MJ, our son, was at night like 10 o'clock, and it was on election night. So we were in the hospital watching election returns. (laughs) And so that one was in the evening time, uh, and that was on November 5th. And then Maddie, August 19th, was born uh, early afternoon. So I do kind of remember that, but I had to think about it. You know, it didn't immediately jump to mind like it did with Terry. So happy birthday again to Maddie and Karen Rhodes from Saturday. Her birthday was Saturday as well. Um, let's see. I tell you what I need to look at this list. Aaron, tell us uh, what's coming up. Uh, the Matt Mosley extravaganza expands beginning today. Uh, what do you guys have planned between three and six?
3: Yes, we will. Uh, we will have Drake Toll on the show today. He made his first appearance come on uh, Friday, but he will be part of the show from 3 to 5 every day right here on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Plus tons of news from over the weekend for NFL Blitz and Campus Confidential. And not sure on the guest yet, but um, I know Matt's working on some big ones.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's just going to be an extravaganza. So uh, that's all coming up between 3 and 6. Keep it right here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, uh, mentioning birthdays uh, today, August 21st, it's Donna Haberman's birthday. Happy birthday to Donna on the Baylor campus. She is the, uh, the better half of Kevin Earl Haberman. Happy birthday to Donna today. Let's see. Who else do we have? Oh, uh, Debbie Burleson's uh, birthday today. Happy birthday to uh, to her. Hmm. Andrew Judy's birthday is today. Andrew worked with us uh, uh, in Baylor Athletics, Baylor Baseball, went off coaching, and I'm not sure what he's doing now, but happy birthday to Andrew Judy. Brian Houston over in East Texas. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday to Brian. Um Who else looking down the list here? That might be it. Uh, I might uh, dip back into yesterday a little bit, Uh, being a Sunday. It was uh, Adam Eklund's birthday yesterday. Patty Priest's birthday was yesterday. Gerald Patterson, former Baylor uh, receiver, his birthday was yesterday also. Um, And uh, Jessica uh, Bama. Uh, former Jessica Sims, uh, Mike Sims' daughter. Jessica's birthday was yesterday as well. And Nikki Lattarulo worked at Channel Six now and went to Tennessee now in New York. Uh, Nikki's birthday was yesterday also. So there's a few uh, going back to the weekend. Aaron, who do you have on the birthday list today?
3: Short list today, but it's a good one. Okay. Super Bowl winning quarterback for the '86. Chicago Bears' Jim McMahon turns 54, the fastest man in the world, still holds the world record in the 100, 200, and 4x100 relay. He has eight Olympic golds and never won anything but Olympic gold in any event that he was in in the Olympics. Wow. Usain Bolt turns 37, and the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin, turns 69 today.
2: Well, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, there have been some others that have threatened to uh, to maybe win a second Heisman or more than one Heisman. And to this point, nobody has been able to do it, right?
3: Yeah, most of the time when they win the, the first year as an underclassman, even if they have a great season, the next season, they end up giving it to someone else. We'll yeah. see this year with Caleb Williams.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he's back at USC, so he could do it again. Kind of reminds me that I watched yesterday the uh, Johnny Manziel uh, documentary on Netflix. Mm, man. <laughs> have, you, have you watched it
3: yet? No, not yet, but okay. I've heard things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, number one, I think it's very well done. And, I mean, they go back to his Kerrville, Tyvee days. And his recruitment at A&M, he grew up, uh, sounded like he wanted to go to, uh, to Texas. Um, he had, a, uh, when he was younger, it showed him with a Longhorn shirt on. So he wanted to go to Texas, really wasn't recruited there, ended up at Texas A&M. And uh, went, went through his, uh, you know, transition to Texas A&M. Uh, redshirted, played his redshirt freshman year and how he just burst on the scene there. Um Uh, that year that he won the Heisman, and it was the year after RG3 won. So RG3 won the Heisman in 2011, and uh, it was the very next year that Manziel, 2012, won the Heisman. I thought there might have been a year in between there, but there wasn't. Uh, and then all the other stuff, you know, that started happening off the field, you know, Johnny football. I mean, it was just uh, he was uh, uh, it was larger than life, really, as Johnny football. And there weren't many restraints on his activities. Um, and it just kind of started spiraling uh, out of control, as it turned out, for him. But A&M was uh, enjoying the publicity and making the most of it, raising tons of money. I mean, tons of money. The school was, you know, off of uh, Manziel and A&M football's success there. And, um, uh, you know, then they, they went into great detail. Remember the, the – the, Kind of the first scandal with him was the uh, autograph signings that he was getting paid for. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very, very okay, very vividly. Right. So they went into great detail about that, how it started. It just started very simply. Somebody said, "Hey, uh, if you sign these things, you know, sign these things, and we'll pay you three thousand dollars." I think that's what it started. He, you know, for a college kid, he said, "That's pretty good. I'll take three thousand dollars." So he started doing that, and then somebody said, uh, You are leaving so much money on the table. You need to connect with this guy. And he connected him with another guy, and all of a sudden it became tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in those signings. And it happened so fast, too. I mean, the way uh, kind of the way they portrayed it in that documentary, it was like he started it, it was a very small time, and then all of a sudden it was a huge deal. And, you know, there's all those pictures of him, you know, with just thousands of thousands of dollars in his hands. And he started that little, you know, that M- Money manzel thing he did with his hands, you know. That's that's kind of where <laughs> that all started also. So, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it is very, very well done. He's uh, he's out of football uh, quite obviously now and, and never – I tell you a sad part about it was uh, at one point he had been drafted first round by the Cleveland Browns and he says you know i had all this money i had all this fame i had this heisman trophy and i just wasn't happy i was so empty you know and it's sad it's sad to hear somebody you know in that situation say that and feel that way so um yeah yeah it really is sad just to see you know how how things turned out for him and uh, he's been in and out of rehab several times um not sure really his status right now. I'm not sure they really said that his status right now. But out of football, and uh, you know, was a big part of the documentary, and uh, uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's good to watch. I would recommend it.
3: And you just I, you know, I really do hope that he he gets everything straightened out and gets right. everything turned around. I really do. Um, you had mentioned that as in the documentary, you saw him at a very young age wearing Longhorn.
2: Yeah. Uh huh. Stuff.
3: That reminds me of a – it's not a fun fact for Longhorn fans, but uh-huh. you know one of the main things, one of the main reasons why Mac Brown and the program fell off is because he had trouble bringing in top quarterbacks after Vince Young. <laughs> All right. Well, that's because he didn't do – well, actually, he did a terrible job of evaluating quarterbacks. He had three Heisman Trophy winners that wanted to come to the University of Texas. One wow. he didn't offer, and the other two he offered as defensive backs. Wow. He showed no interest in Jameis and Winston. Yeah, and Jameis Winston, excuse me, and he offered both Johnny Manziel and RG three as defensive backs, but had no interest in them playing quarterback. So,
2: wow, think that's of, interesting. Think
3: of how a lot of things could have been very, very different if Mac Brown had seen that Johnny Manziel and or Robert Griffith the third were phenomenal quarterbacks.
2: That's true. That's true, but. You know, and I would say this in Mac Brown's defense, there weren't a lot of schools that were after those guys either.
3: No, you're you know? right. The, uh, you know, the the biggest schools that offered RG three as a quarterback were Houston and Baylor. That's right. And he switched to Baylor after they offered. So
2: right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, and he, he was going, yeah, he was going to U of H uh, because Coach Brown's was there mm-hmm. when Coach Brown's took the Baylor job. I think his first call was to Rob to say, "Hey, I'm going to Baylor. I'd like for you to go with me." And he said, "Coach, I'm with you."
3: Right. And uh, Mac Brown and his staff weren't, definitely weren't the only ones to miss out on those guys. But just those three, like almost right in a row, and it just coincided with a drop off in the program after they'd finally won another national championship. Um, It was just pretty, it always, yeah, very interesting to me that, that those three quarterbacks wanted to go to Texas at one point. Yeah. And, Thankfully for (laughs) Baylor and A&M and Florida State fans, they didn't.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Well, we got to go make room for uh, the Matt Mosley Show, which is coming up next. We invite you to stay tuned for that. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow in the 2 o'clock hour. And thanks to Jerry Hill for being on with us. Aaron, thank you for making things work. Folks, stay tuned. The Matt Mosley Show is coming up next.
4: I usually park in the handicap over there because that's game day.